the What I Watch Tonight show. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the What I Watch Tonight show. My name's Matt Hudson and I'm the Don Corleone of the website whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Uh, in these episodes, I chat with a guest that specialises in or enjoys movie reviewing or discussion or just like movies. Uh, I put questions to them and we basically we just talk movies, even the cack ones like Geostorm. Um, so today I am happy to report uh, that I'm joined in this episode by the manic pixie film girl, Morgan McGregor. Morgan, how on earth are you? I'm very good. It's very early in New Zealand at the moment, but I'm very good. I'm just thinking, I'm si- it bends my head. I'm sitting... Not literally under the stars, but there's black sky outside. It's night time here. And I'm talking to somebody in lit- in a weird, literal way in the future. It's mental because it's Friday morning for you. Yeah, um, it's looking pretty good in the 16th of March at the moment. So <laughs> I can tell you that the world lives for another day. <laughs> yeah, but the 15th of March is okay. It's just about to say goodbye. But <clears throat> I, the universe is fantastic to me. And on that note... Uh, rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. You were a great man. Um, so, whereabouts in New Zealand are you calling from? Um, Auckland, the major city. Um, nothing special, just in the bigger, bigger city. <laughs> it's still cool to me. I mean, off topic, but I'd love to visit New Zealand. It's something on the old bucket list for me. Everyone but... tells me that. <laughs> I know, I, I bet. But um, I don't, know, I don't know. Every time I see it in films, I've said this before on previous shows. Every time I see it in films, it always just looks. Well, I don't know, awesome, like the the landscapes and just how it's put across is awesome. And I just want to know, are there hobbits just walking around willy-nilly? Um, no, I don't even think we're a particularly short nation. But we do have <laughs> Hobbiton, where you can look like a hobbit next to some hobbit houses. They make them particularly big, so you can sort of do some classic Peter Jackson um, film tricks and look really, really large next to small <laughs> houses. But um, yeah, but no hobbits, though, no real ones. Uh, maybe I don't want to come anymore. I'm only about five foot six, so I'd probably all I've got to do is put some hair on my feet, and I'd probably fit in. Um, have you been to Hobbiton then? Yes, I've actually been twice. I because I live in Auckland, and it's really, really close. It's about an hour and a half drive. Um, it's a really, really good time. They take you through the actual film set. They give you lots of little behind the scenes and um, stuff, and some film trivia, which is really, really awesome. Finding out how. Peter Jackson did the whole Gandalf really big, Frodo really small situation. Yeah, it's a good time. It just makes me even more jealous that I can't go. Um, I'd like <laughs> to go. Was it the Prancing Pony, Ian? I'd like to go there as well. Uh, no. Oh, they do have the Green Dragon. That's the one, the Green Dragon. Uh, yeah, they have a Green Dragon. They make really good pies there. The bear oh. is pretty crap, but <laughs> the pies are fantastic. Yeah, you can actually get married there as well, so, you know. But just... I'll fly over just for a pie. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So the name, Manic Pixie Film Girl. Why? Yeah. What made you, What made you pick that? Um, I was trying to think of a blog name, and <laughs> I really like the Mary Sue um website where they talk about other film stuff, and I really wanted to talk about things from a feminist perspective as well. So the trope, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I always um yep. accidentally the word film in instead of dream um yeah manic pixie dream girl that's sort of a trope that i thought about and yeah it just seemed to fit and no one else had taken it so it's yours now 
Yes, mine. <laughs> so if Audrey Hepburn, I guess she could be a she was a manic pixie dream goer. So it's not oh, bad yeah. comparisons. Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of them out there. <laughs> yeah. So before we venture into uh, the wonderful world of movies, what else do you get up to during your days? Um, I'm a business owner, so that keeps me pretty busy, actually. Um, yeah, so I um, do social media marketing for my business, Hyped. And yeah, that's awesome fun. I've actually had the opportunity to work with some um, small indie feminist films as well. So that was a really cool opportunity because it sort of ticked all the boxes for me. Awesome. Yeah. So what, what, what does Hyped do? What, what do you actually, what does the business promote or sell or produce? Um, so social media marketing. Yeah. So if um, a business needs to get their message out there, there's a lot of ways you can do it. But social media is one of the really big ones. So um, all those really annoying ads that you see on <laughs> Facebook, that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruining the fun. That's all I do, really. <laughs> I've, I've now got a name to put to my swear word. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you've, we just mentioned obviously the feminist indie films. You, you've obviously identified yourself as a post-structural feminist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loaded question, but what are your <laughs> thoughts on the current position of women in in movie the movie industry, and what needs to happen to ensure equality is addressed as part of this modern environment that we live in? Yeah. Well, yeah. Loaded question, but yeah. a really good one because it's kind of a really interesting time for women at film and film at the moment, which is. I think everyone's aware of that with the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein and all the rest of them. Yes. But, yeah, I think that there is a long, long way to go. And I think addressing sexual abuse in the industry is a really good way to start. Um, I'd really enjoy if we all just sort of uh, got rid of Woody Allen permanently, (laughs) my opinion. Um, But, I mean, the wage gap, that's one of the massive ones that I think we're not really talking about enough. I mean, yesterday I read that – oh, sorry – Um, I read that Claire Foy from The Crown was paid less than Matt Smith, which is just, I mean, a nightmare, I think. That's that's quite a nightmare, and I think that that kind of stuff needs to be addressed. And um, if we were going to fix it, I would say the first way to start is for actors like Matt Smith to ask their co-workers how much are you earning. And if they're earning more than their female co-workers, then they should take a stand and say, I'll I'll." I won't work for this unless they get equal pay as me, especially in the position where Claire is, you know, the main character. She mm-hmm. plays queen. So, yeah, I think that that's probably our first step is having some solidarity and, yeah, standing up for your female co-workers is a great way to start. Yeah, absolutely. Until one day equality just becomes, you know, the normal way of life because, yeah, yeah. let's face it, why shouldn't it be? I can't, there, was a, um, there was an actor who did that recently, and forgive me, the, whoever it was, the name's gone. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know if you remember who it was or if you read that story or not, but somebody um, did do that. There is a couple of female actresses as well doing that for their um, women of colour uh, co-workers as well. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. It doesn't just have to be white men standing up for white women. It's across the board. White women should be doing their bit as well. So, yeah, it's really great to hear those stories when those sort of things happen. It's just sort of a bit of a blow when you read the other ones where um, – yeah, it doesn't really work out that way, but long way to right? <laughs> yeah, the doors are open, so uh, yeah, changes yeah. are coming. But I, I mean, we, I've spoken about this a few times on this show, just the, the idea that in 2018, we're still sort of amazed that you have a black lead or a woman leading a major fr- franchise mm. or something. Maybe I've just got a small brain and I'm naive, but it baffles me that 
that still isn't considered the norm. And I say that not to blow smoke for anybody. I genuinely believe that it it shouldn't be held up as a big achievement. It should just be... We should be doing it anyway, yeah. Yeah, there shouldn't mm. be. But, Absolutely. yeah, we're not quite there yet. But, yeah, I do agree that we are... Things are starting to change and... You know, anybody who has anything to say against it, sod off. Because it's it's good. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. More diversity leads to better ideas. Surely, there's going to be some stinkers along the way, but you know, the more ideas yeah. in the pot, surely that can be only be a good thing. And anyone who's seen Black Panther will know that it's <laughs> you can't deny that it's all really good stuff. Like, yeah, we should just be celebrating it. Exactly. One thing I won't celebrate is the fact that you mocked Martin Freeman's American accent. It was so bad. It took me straight out of the scene. It was, um, I love Martin Freeman, but oh my God, just let the man be British. I swear, just let him be British. I know. He did have a lovely (laughs) hairstyle though in that film. His character was great though. I loved his character. It just... mm. I like Rock. him in any. I like him in anything. Stand up from a country man. But I had the same yeah. issue with um, Tessa Thompson recently in Annihilation. She was fantastic in it, but for some reason they made her speak in an American accent, and I just wondered mm-hmm. why did I they do that? that? I do love her though. She's great. Ever since I saw her in Westworld, mm-hmm. love her. Yeah, well, you'll certainly like her in Annihilation. I obviously won't say anything <laughs> about the film, but other than she speaks in an American accent, and I don't quite know why. Mm. <laughs> On to what you do. You're, you've got a smooth-looking website, and it's got it, it's color, it's covered in purple. And at the risk of sounding like a Sesame Street episode, I am a big fan of the color purple. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of cool blogs and write-ups on there. But so can you just tell everyone listening a bit more about your site, the contents, and why you do what you do? Mm-hmm. So it's manicpixiefilmgirl.com, and it is purple. You're right. I don't know why I chose that. I think I was just stressing out and I decided to just take any color um it's a cool color yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah so I guess I started it because I did a film degree in uh university and I just I I kind of was sick of you know leaving the theater or finishing a series and no one really wanting to talk about it with me (laughs) the degree that I wanted two people were getting a little bit like yes we enjoyed it. Yes, that was funny. Yes, I think there should have been more representation. We've done this before. And I sort of decided to stop pestering people in person and just put it on the internet. <laughs> so that was sort of the first step for me. And yeah, I just really wanted somewhere where I could put those thoughts out there. So that's sort of what Manic Pixie Film Girl is, is that um, some of the reviews are just normal reviews. You know, I liked this film. I want to talk about it. And I've challenged myself to write one post a week uh sorry a month so um yeah so that's sort of why some of them are a little bit more this is fun I love the Lego Batman movie blah 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 (laughs) but then a bunch of them are sort of talking more about hey this is a problem we need to start talking about you know what the representation was or perhaps the political implications of certain films and so on yeah so that's sort of what I get into yeah and um they are they are I, I agree when I obviously looked through your site which I did a while ago and I have done since there is a a nice diversity in what you have on there because you'll have a you'll have a article mocking Martin Freeman's accent within a Black Panther review but like but then there'll also be as you say sort of editorial type posts mm. kind of a call to arms or just raising uh, awareness of of certain um certain issues mm. that are out there so it's it's nice and diverse and varied which is what I enjoyed about it the most 
Yeah, and I want to try and um, make it a little bit more diverse as well. So I want to start, you know, splitting blog posts into I'm not just talking about this show. I'm going to talk about, you know, a specific trope perhaps or a specific issue currently being talked about, like back when the Me Too movement was happening or perhaps with the crown thing at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to in future sort of go, you know, here's a blog post about um, a TV show that I've just watched or some movie that's just come out and then the next one will be sort of a heavier one about, yeah, the feminist stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the more, well, I say awareness, it's not like anybody's not aware anymore, but the more yeah. awareness about it is only a good thing. The, um, these So the, these people who wouldn't listen to you rambling on after you've left the cinema, <laughs> the theatre, are they reading your blog? Um, so one of them's my partner and he doesn't read anything. <laughs> so You need to have a word with him about that. Yeah, yeah, it's an ongoing problem. He hasn't even read Harry Potter, and I think that was nearly the moment that we ended it. I think that was it was getting <laughs> close. Um, but he watches Doctor Who, so I sort of gave him a boost up for that. But yeah, so I initially um, kind of thought, oh, maybe he might read it, but I've lost all hope with that now. Um, and yeah, I think my parents. I don't know if they read it actually, because they were the other ones who sort of got tired of listening me talk about. <laughs> films and stuff so I'll, I'll have to ask them actually i'll have to ask if they read them if you just constantly nag nag at these people until they actually <laughs> read it then then then, have, then eventually they'll just do it just to keep you quiet so you know if yeah. you it might not save me trying to write the blog post so that i don't annoy them though so <laughs> or just write a blog post about why are people annoyed with other people talking about yeah. films <laughs> yeah and then just email it to them yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then just put um, put your partner's name in, um, just 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 star the name out, so just so we know yeah. who you're on about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you need to work on that a bit. Um, get him to read those books. Get him on the blog. Yeah, I have faith in you guys to sort that out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So about your blog posts, or um, especially your re- movie reviews, you know what what do you bring to your reviews to you know make them uh, Morgan's reviews? So what is it about them that makes them particularly readable or unique? Um, well, I guess I didn't go into it to be, you know, a fantastic writer. I have to worry about that at um, work anyway. So <laughs> I sort of just wanted a place where I could chat. And I think I've had some friends who have commented and talked to me and said they really like the way I write because it's it's just chatty. I'm sort of not holding back any swear words. I'm not really Absolutely. trying to stru- structure or anything like that. I'm just it, – it's how I would talk if I was talking to you in person, except with less – exaggerated hand movement so yeah <laughs> a little bit safer for you <laughs> so just put an asterisk at the bottom insert hand movement here yeah yeah <laughs> i try to add where i can but you know <laughs> they certainly are the chatty colloquial or chatty which again is in no way is that a bad thing i find it makes it quite easy to read when mm. um it sounds like the other person's just sitting across the table from you whether it's a positive or a negative article so, yeah, mm, yeah, it certainly is a, a fun time. Yeah, because I kind of worry if I'm talking about something a little bit negative or serious that people might click out. So I'm just trying to make things a little bit more um, casual, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, it works for me, and I just needed to work for the people de- nearest and dearest to you. But yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure if they read it, they'd get on board because... <laughs> They're probably sick. The way I talk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see it written on their screen. Yeah. <laughs> Harking back to your Black Panther review, mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned 
uh, Mr. Freeman's dodgy accent. But yeah. in amongst that, though, you also managed to sort of weave in informative opinions about the film and obviously its messages. So there is, in amongst the japes and the humour, you know, there is yeah. a solid foundation within it, which actually, if you wanted to know about Black Panther, if it was any good or not, you will get that from the review. Uh, and similarly yeah. to your Star Wars one, which I read as well, and the television reviews too. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> that means I'm doing something right then. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I've read some before where you kind of think, well, you've, you've, you've written out the plot, but you haven't actually mm. said whether or not the film's any good or it's worth seeing or given any kind of insight or personal insight into it. So they're the ones I tend to click off. So having yeah. read your, Mar- your Martin Freeman, your Black Panther review, had I not seen the film, then I would have got a better understanding of whether or not to see it, probably just for Bilbo's... Um, accent (laughs) yeah uh that's actually a really great thing you said because i think that's the major reason why my parents don't read it is that they're worried that i'm probably very boring so i'll let them know (laughs) because my dad was asking me if black panther was any good and i said why don't you just read my blog and uh, the bloody blog no no response from him so (laughs) once this goes out let him listen to it and he can hear and he can hear somebody else back in the past apparently essentially (laughs) telling them that is decent so are there any other bloggers or critics or anything that you read or follow or do you just kind of forge your own path? Um, it's something called Feminist Language, I think. I don't know. I'll okay. send you the link so you can find it. But um, She doesn't really talk about film reviews, but she talks about the film industry in general and the language that we use, which I think is a really unique approach to it. Um, sorry. Yeah, it's a really unique approach just because – I think we all, myself included, sort of watch films and we just absorb the conversation, but we don't think more about, you know, the language that people are using and why they're using it and where it's coming from and perhaps what it means in the bigger picture. So that's a really, really cool blog that I read that I like. And then the rest of it, honestly, I just, I'll I'll think of a movie that I want to watch or a TV show I want to watch and I'll just Google it and see what reviews come up. I really like The Mary Sue, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm mostly more of the kind of person who just does a bit of research first as opposed to sticking to specific bloggers, for sure. Yeah, and I bloody hate the term Mary Sue as well. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it either, but it's a good website. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen, I've checked out the website um, because once I was reading somebody's diatribe about um, Daisy Ridley and The Force Awakens, and, uh, his, yeah. and he linked to the Mary Sue doc um, without realizing that it wasn't what he thought it was. The website, yeah. Um, yeah. so I ended up ended up sort of checking it out somehow whilst trying yeah. to um, whilst trying to cleanse my mind of the uh, the crap he was talking. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're great, but um, yeah, not a fan of the name. <laughs> no, it's um, something which is unfortunately seems to one of those buzzwords which. Uh, Sort of infects the inter- the social world now. Anyone, yeah. any, a- anyone with a with breasts who has any power is now a Mary Sue, which is yeah. just an, it's strange, it's bizarre, it's annoying, and it's twenty eighteen. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, tropes can't get rid of them. Exactly. No. <laughs> just going back to something you said earlier on. You said you did a film degree. Yes. Yeah, what, I did. Oh, I sound like a teacher now, but what did you do in that film degree, and what were you kind of? What was your aim coming out of it, or your goal? Um, what did I do? We honestly, and it sounds exactly what people think of when you hear about arts degrees, but we watched movies and then we got to talk about them. Um, it was almost like film club. 
a little bit, you know, you just sit around the table with a bunch of other cinephiles and you just talk about stuff. But you did have to write some serious stuff and there were some really boring parts of it like any other degree. But um, like one of my um, papers that I did was science fiction in Mm -hmm. film and that was honestly the best paper I've ever done in my life and the guy who ran it was amazing. We all just sort of spent the semester ripping into him for his favorite film being 2001 Space Odyssey (laughs) because – He made us all watch it and we hated it and we mentioned that to him and he looked really said it's his favourite film and it's classic. It's uh, (laughs) pretty black, but (laughs) 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 Oh well, yeah. So that was such a great yeah, a great paper. But it was really diverse as well. Like I got to do a paper on comic books as well. Mm -hmm. Um it wasn't solely focused on film, it was technically a film and media degree. So but um yeah, I focus on the film aspect. And I kind of just did it because um, I like movies. <laughs> and the other half of my degree was a politics degree, and I needed something a little bit more exciting to um, balance it out. Yeah, I I, I, dabble, I, sorry, I dabble in politics. I follow the British <laughs> politics, but I've never once ever got so excited by it that I wanted to you know, get a degree in it. But fair play to anyone who wants to do that. Was I'm assuming the film one was slightly more entertaining. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the politics one, I, I wanted to say it had its moments where it was exciting, but it really didn't. <laughs> it really didn't. Oh, except for one moment. Um, if anyone is wanting to dabble in politics, the book, um, international politics and zombies. Great book. It, I'm serious. It just, it, um, it explains lots of political terms such as like neoliberalism and all that boring stuff as if it was a zombie apocalypse and how people would, fix the zombie apocalypse based on their political ideas so <laughs> that, that, was, that, that, that quite was good. The, yeah the best part of my degree was reading that book for sure so you haven't been lobbying new zealand uh parliament anytime then for a job no no not at all i did work the elections last year which was just me trying to again do something with my degree like i am with my film blog but um probably wouldn't do that again either well, at least you tried. It's fair, yeah, fair you yeah. know. You've obviously you've studied for it, so it's good that you actually thought yeah. about using it. But I mean, we've just we've got Brexit going on, so as far as we're aware, we're probably mm. they'll they probably push the country closer to New Zealand anyway soon. So yeah, well, for sure, New Zealand's doing a lot better than the um, you know America and UK situation at yes. the moment. And you've got our flag in in yours as well. So. Yeah, well, we tried to do a, um, a, a flag referendum a couple of years back, but it was a bit of a joke, really. Um, people wanted to change the flag, but a lot of people were just like, why is this a problem? Why are we talking about this bigger problems in the world and what kind of flag we have? But sure, spend a couple of million on it, it's fine. <laughs> well, that's where, they went, so that's where they needed your degree to come in to say, listen, guys, here's this book <laughs> called Politics and the Zombies. This is how you need to sort it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. What was the, what was you mentioned? What was the last film you saw? Then. Oh God, <laughs> I was dreading this question. Um, Excellent. I always thought about watching something a little bit more um, impressive, but it was the Legally Blonde series. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. The first one's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good attempt at third wave feminist film, so I want to say that's why. But I just wanted something easy to watch, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to look at Luke Wilson's jaw. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love Reese with a spoon, that's all. And it's got some good jokes in there every now and then. 
Yeah, the first one. I, I enjoyed the first one. I saw her recently in a film called Home Again, and I thought that's good. I thought that was good. Um, I like Reese Witherspoon. I think she's a well, she's an Oscar winner. I think she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, yeah, she does some good stuff. And she's 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 quite a feminist herself as well. So, um, yeah, I can justify watching it. <laughs> Shouldn't be too embarrassed. <laughs> no, you should never be embarrassed about the films you watch. So they're all subjective, and if you like it, then doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Yes, sure. <laughs> Plus, they're funny at times, so uh, sometimes everybody just needs a bit of fun. And and come on, every, everybody, even the, the gothiest of the goths, like a rom-com sometimes. Yes, I hope so. I don't know, I'd have to ask someone. but They probably say they wouldn't, but they would. Yeah, guilty pleasures. I'm trying to be less embarrassed about my guilty pleasure films. I think it's, we all have them, but um, still, Legally Blonde was probably a low moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're saying it on the air I don't know what my guilty pleasure would be I'm, I'm glad I'm really? not the one I'm glad I'm not the one answering the questions because I'd be awful <laughs> at them maybe you should interview yourself sometime see yeah. uh, how embarrassing it gets <laughs> it'd be boring but um, <laughs> I don't know what I'd listen to it <laughs> thank you well, I'm going to think about it in the back of my mind what would a guilty pleasure be and if I can yeah. think of one I will I'll keep you all on tenterhooks guys I'll tell you at the end <laughs> of the show um yes. Maybe the answer to this won't be Legally Blonde, but what movie would you say has made the biggest impression on you for whatever reason? Mm, I like the question because it's a little bit better than the what's your favourite film because yeah. that would be the Bring It On film and that's not any less embarrassing than Legally Blonde, <laughs> but shamelessly because it's an inter- intersectional feminist film, so I can support it. The one that's changed me the most, gosh, I would have to say... And this is going to sound really crap, but um, the Matrix series, and that's not, I guess, because I watched it as a kid and I had no idea what was going on. So that <laughs> wasn't the when they changed for me. I was like, okay, there was a lot going on, but I'm about six years old. It's, it's really too much. Um, but the first time I took any film studies was in high school. And that was the first um, movie we sort of analysed, and that was the moment for me, I guess, where I was like, wow, there are so many things in films that we're just not tapping into as the average viewer, or at least I was at that point anyway. And so especially because The Matrix is so chock full of metaphors and just different allegories all over the place that, yeah, I sort of just sat there and I was like, wow, I want to do this with every film I've ever watched. <laughs> That sort of changed things for me. It made a really big impression on me. Yeah, for sure. That's a really interesting answer because um, I haven't had anything like that yet, especially on the Matrix. <laughs> because I mean, yeah, they were. It was a, the first one was a seminal film in terms of yeah the effects, but there was a lot mm. more. As you say, there's a lot more going on than just the bullet time effects that they did use. Yeah, yeah. This is a um, boring <laughs> question, but of the three, which one did you prefer? question there was only one film we don't acknowledge the other two <laughs> i'm assuming you mean the first one yeah yeah, yeah. okay good yeah. good we didn't um we didn't actually even bother studying the other two because the themes in them are just they're not i mean yeah the first one talks about like the cat plato's the cave it talks about buddhism it talks about christianity it sort of just goes all in and then you know the other two it's sort of just rehashing the first one in terms of like things you can study about it anyway obviously yeah. the narrative and by the third but, yeah. one it kind of just 
petered out. I suppose Matrix Revolutions would be a guilty pleasure. Not for me, because it's crap, but it could be for someone else. <laughs> it could be. There might be someone out there who that's their favourite film. God help them if it is. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, more, pow- more power I... to you if it is. Yeah. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Some, um, maybe, attack, maybe Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Maybe that's a guilty pleasure. Oh, Gosh. But that seems yep. too mainstream as well. Um, the first Transformers, maybe. Does Dumb and Dumb or uh, Independence Day, do they count? Yeah, I actually really liked the first Transformers movie because yeah. I, I never really watched cartoons as a kid, so I never really watched the uh, Transformers series. Um, and I never had any figurines, but that was the first time I watched it and I thought this was really cool. And then yeah. and then it, it wasn't <laughs> when they started making but that's yeah. fine. Then they just released a load of toilet blockers, and um, it's never got any better <laughs> since. I, I I was a fan of the of the cartoon when I was growing up. It was Ghostbusters, Teenage Turtles, mm-hmm. and Transformers for me. I didn't I didn't watch any cartoons. I wasn't allowed. So <laughs> we could we got to catch up on them now in later lifetime. I kind of feel like I've mi- missed the nostalgia boat. You know, a lot of people get back into um, cartoons because there's nostalgia, but I just don't have that element. So I've sort of just given up on cartoons, except for movies. The Ooh. Lego series are really good. So I really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed the Lego. I like the Lego movie. I thought the Lego Batman movie was better than it should have been. Oh, the Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie that's ever been created. I would <laughs> yeah. even argue. It's the most canon Batman movie ever made. It's, well. it's, it, I would agree with that. In terms of the actual, how many Batman films there have been, seven, eight, nine, it, it's probably in the top five. It's number one for me, for <laughs> sure. I think that he is to a T Batman from the comic books, and I love it. I just love it. There's a bit There's a bit of the every Batman in, in there, including the old Adam West yes. Batman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Robin and Robin enjoys getting his uh, trousers off as well. So, and I, <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, enjoy all that bit. Are fantastic, actually, I love it. Yeah, I haven't seen the Lego Ninjago movie, um, but I hear it's um, meant to be quite good. It's all right. It it's not as good as the other two, but it's okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the consensus that. I've heard is that it's still good, um, mm. probably better than most movies. But when you compare it to those other two Lego movies. It seemed like a weird choice to me. I don't know. At least for their third film for the series. I thought that they would do... I know that the Ninjago um, Lego sets are really popular, but for a film it just seemed weird. A weird choice. But yeah, they did it. They did that. <laughs> well, I've never heard of Ninjago, so I didn't know what it was. Uh, I'm assuming I have... it's popular with kids. Yeah, it must be. I know my nephew's sort of into Lego at the moment. Ninjas are the one that he loves, so... Your nephew's a beacon of uh, information now for for the Lego yeah, thing, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's all clued up on everything. He's he's my source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't watched it. I will check it out eventually because I do think those films are, like I say, they they are funnier than they have any right to be. Because I mean, how, yeah. <laughs> how do you picture a movie like that? We're going to make a film yeah. about Lego. You know those yellow blocks that don't do anything. Yeah. We're going to make a film they, about it. The people making them must be geniuses because. Um, like from the first like two minutes of the Lego movie, I knew uh, the Batman one. I knew it was going to be great because they had um, MacGuffin Airlines. Yeah. Um, is sort of goes back to like I think my first lecture in film where we were talking about Alfred Hitchcock yes. and he's a big fan of the MacGuffin, which is where you um, basically you have a plot point at the beginning of the film that everyone thinks is really important, and then it just comes to nothing. Turns so out to be nothing. 
yeah. So a really great example is in Psycho where she's sort of going to get – she's stealing all that money from her employer. And you think, oh, my God, she's going to be hunted by the police and she's going to be, you know, taken to jail for stealing. And, you know, that's obviously not a really major part of the film. And in the end, the money gets pushed into a swamp in her car. So it's that's a MacGuffin. And, yeah, so at the start of the film for Lego Batman when they were like, this is MacGuffin Airlines, I was like, oh, I see where we're going with this. This is a really clued up film. Yeah. Loved it. The more you watch, rewatch it, there's so many fun little jokes yeah. in it, whether it's nods towards Batman or just pop culture in general. There's just yeah. so much. I, I mean, the obvious joke, which I which I laughed the whole time, was um, Batman has had no friends. Uh, yes. <laughs> but he was, but he was, but he was always acting like he was the the, the man, the top man. Yeah. But really, he just went home in his little dressing gown with his mask still on, eating his lobster thermidor yeah. in the microwave. Watching rom coms. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing what the Lego dudes are going to do next. I, don't, I haven't heard anything, uh, but when your nephew knows, do let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find out if he has any tips. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it's still swerving away from what's your favourite film, but what what are, what are some of your favourite films? Yeah. So I have mentioned um, Bring It On. Yeah. Honestly, great film. It's funny. It's got a it, – it's intersectional, which is fantastic. It talks about cultural appropriation, which is a bit forward for the time. And it has a makeover montage, which I think every film should have. Um, <laughs> that's the mark of a good film is whether you can have a makeover montage. Is it slow um, motion or – No, it's sort of similar to um, how action films and superhero films do their gear up and their slow group walk to badass yep. music. But instead it's to pop music and they get to try on different outfits, which I think is – you know, equally as useful. <laughs> um, I'd say other favourite films. Ginger Snaps. I don't know yeah. if you've seen. I have yeah, seen I, all three of them for my sins. Yeah. I I love that film. I think that's great. I wasn't a big fan of the other ones, but I really liked the first one. So that one's up there for me. And, oh, gosh. Um, oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. That would be the next. Yeah, that is a stunning fantastic. film. Yeah, that film is so depressing. <laughs> I try not to watch it too much; just sends me in a spiral, honestly. But it's depressing. But it is. It, I mean, Jim Carrey is is fantastic in it. Yes, in that movie, yep. and Kate Winslet as well, and um, Elijah Wood, Frodo Baggins. Yes, every time I see him in the film, I think oh, I forget you were in that, and you sort of go, "Oh, that's right." Frodo's in this. Yeah, he's, he's in other films other than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And he's in Dirk Gently recently, which is, he does a great job in that. But he's slowly moving away from the Frodo oh, thing, but I don't no. think he's going to it off, for sure. I like Elijah, <laughs> but he's kind of, he's a, he's, he's fantastic. He always excels. I, I see him pop up in these sort of weird indie films recently, and he's always so yeah. good, even if he's just a supporting character. He was in, um, well, I don't feel at home in this world anymore, Netflix film. And he's so good in it. If you haven't yeah. if you haven't watched it, check it I'm out. Sure. It's, it's on Netflix. I think it's called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to watch it because he is. He's fantastic in everything he, he's in, honestly. It's one of those rare moments when time stopped and Netflix released a decent film. Uh, that was <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yes. They're not doing too well with their TV shows at the moment, I have to say. So see, I we'll don't, see. I don't, I don't catch many TV shows. It's not for want of trying. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'll just focus on movies, and I just, yeah. I have to commit myself to ten, fifteen episodes. I think, uh, 
I want to watch films. So I don't I don't know what New Zealand Netflix is like over there. So what I mean, what are the big shows over there at the minute? I don't know if they're the same as here. Um, well, we do love our superheroes, but I would say um, people really liked End of the Fucking World. Mm-hmm. People love that show. I, I, I loved that show as well. Um, people love Game of Thrones over here. That's not really Netflix, but, man, people go in for Game of Thrones here in New Zealand. <laughs> it's a whole thing, um, which it is everywhere, obviously. But, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else are we getting into? I don't know, actually, because we're a really varied nation. We're quite small, but we all have very different tastes, I would say. So, you know, your Netflix, everyone's looks different than what they um recommend. Although I have been telling everyone I meet on the street to watch The Good Place because I think that's just a good time. Everyone needs a little bit more of it in their life. Do people on the street think you're mental for putting them up? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just hate to have someone to chat to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nobody else apparently listens, so. Have you heard about The Good Place? Hi, would you like to chat? Get away from me. Yeah, knocking on doors. <laughs> sure, yeah. I haven't, well, I'm not on the street, but I'm I'm on the Skype. But so I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen The Good Place. I've heard of the other shows, but I, I, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, wow. It's on, it's just finished its second season. It is hilarious i honestly i saw the the picture for it on netflix you know they show you just the the title and i thought oh that looks really slack um but it's hilarious basically the lady who plays veronica mars she dies and she goes to heaven or somewhere called the good place where everyone just lives in luxury forever um but she finds out that she was accidentally put put there and she's supposed to be in the bad place and tortured for the rest of life and um, shenanigans happen. She's got a really great um, male co-star. Called, his name in the show is Chidi Anagonye. And he's an ethics professor. So he's trying to teach her to be a good person so that she can stay in the good place. And he's just constantly frustrated with her because she's a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> I've, <It's great. laughs> I've, I've just quickly checked it out. And I don't know how I haven't heard of it. Because obviously you've got Kristen Bells in it, Ted Danson, uh, Jamila mm. Jamil. Even Ty Sakar from Star Wars Rebels, I know her from, but it's got a strong cast. I'm not, I don't know how it's, I haven't heard of this. It's fantastic, and you know, I I was just enjoying it because it was hilarious. But it does have a twist at the end of the first season, and I was I was shocked because you don't usually get that with your basic twenty minute long um, comedy TV shows. So yeah. Well, I well one I will one day commit to check it out because I don't know. Because I've usually got my finger kind of on the pulse of TV, even if I don't watch them, I I, yeah. I sort of know what what these shows are. But I haven't heard of that one. Um, it's twenty minutes an episode, so you wouldn't be losing much. No, and I could probably watch that on the toilet. So um, yeah, <laughs> exit. I'll, I'll take that one out then. And I like Ted yeah. Danson. I th- and I like um, Chris, Kirsten Bell, Christian Bell as well. Oh yeah, and they have really great. Um, they just bounce off each other. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I will certainly send out the sirens when I actually watch one, <laughs> one or two of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so switch flipping it on its head because uh, it can't all be fun and games. What's the worst <laughs> movie you've ever reviewed or just ever seen in general about Caesia? Mm, anyone who's <laughs> anyone. ever talked to me about films will know that I hate the Blade Runner series with a deep, deep passion. <laughs> like, deep in the core of me, I hate them. This is and, controversial. 
And I hate I hated the first one and I thought, oh, they're making a new one. Ridley Scott isn't producing like directing it. You know, I have high hopes and I hate the new one more than the old one. I can't believe it. Yeah, but Ryan oh. Gosling's beard and his jacket look so cool in it. Don't care. <laughs> better than this. Harrison Ford is better than this. I Damn love it. Harrison Ford. <laughs> That's, that's, uh, I, now, um, I am, I'm really glad you said that because I've had people, I spoke to people before who, who idolised the Blade Runner uh, series or they, they hold yeah. 2049 up as their favourite film. So I am just oh. interested to hear the other side now because it's not, it's not always I get this chance. So <laughs> what is it about both of those films that really just winds you up? Um, so I just want to, clarify cinematically fantastic films so especially the first one lighting themes camera action all of that fantastic those are the most sexist racist films i think i've ever watched that people just don't mention yeah certainly the 2049s had some controversy around it yeah the but the blade the first one i just think it it's sneaky you don't realize it that it's happening because the music in the background I mean, the one that I always bring up is the scene where Rachel and Deckard have um, intercourse for the first time. Um, She's just found out she's a replicant, so obviously a bit of a stressful time for her. She's trying to leave Deckard's apartment. He slams the door behind her. Forces himself on, doesn't he? He forces him. He starts feeding her her lines, saying, you know, say you want me, you know, say kiss me, which is just textbook. But the background music is sexy jazz music. So you think, oh, it's a romantic scene. And I think I've had, because I, unfortunately, in my film degree, I didn't go a single semester without us having to study Blade Runner because, again, cinematically, really great film. And I just remember saying to one of my tutors, it's it's a rape scene. It's not supposed to be a rape scene. Ridley Scott clearly hasn't intended it for it to be a rape scene. But it is, right? And she sort of just went, no, it's not, because he didn't want it to be. And I think that that's the problem with Blade Runner, is that we just refuse to look outside of how Ridley Scott intended us to um, interpret it. And then, again, um, it, both of the movies play really heavily on, like, Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the idea with um, the original one was that, you know, in the future it's going to be a capitalist, you know, all our stocks and everything are going to be bought by people in Asia, blah, 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 blah. But there are maybe two Asian characters in the film, like played by Asian people, and they play very minor like parts with maybe one line. And you get that again in 2049. And I just think if you're going to use someone's culture so heavily, you might as well, you know, cast them in the film. But maybe that's just me. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It would make make some sense. It would. Yeah. So I don't know. I think. I, when I first studied it, it was directly after I'd studied The Matrix, um, which is quite a lot better in terms of sexism and racism. And, um, yeah, I guess because we were looking at it through a feminist film, uh, um, like through feminist glasses basically as well. And it's just like, for instance, the replicants, they all, all the female ones die very like dramatically covered in blood thrashing around on the ground and partial to no dress in basically plastic, yeah. yeah whereas the men die either instantly or heroically as well Holding the red dove on a rooftop yeah crying in the rain and then you know getting all the respect that they deserve blah 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 
And so it just sort of, oh, it grinded my gears. And then there was the rape scene. That isn't a rape scene. And then I just had to study it every semester for three years. And I just got to the point where I was like, can we give it up? There are other films out there. And 2049, I mean, it took it to a next level. But also it was just way too long. Two hours and 40 minutes. No one needs that. Unless it's Lord of the Rings and that's okay. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm, and I have yeah. watched the extended version, but I do think we as humans have our limits, you know? And 2049 didn't need to be that long. There just wasn't... It, mm, yeah, it didn't need to be that long. Yeah, I mentioned in my review that I I, I liked Blade Runner 24. I thought, it, I thought it looked great. 2049, I thought it was well mm. acted. But yeah, the pacing, because... Well, not necessarily the pacing, it just was a little bit too long for me and it's all yeah. it's, it's there in written form for people to check out it's so i'm not yeah. just saying that it was a little bit too long and i certainly agree with what you're saying about the message especially in the and in, and in the first one because um that scene in the rain at the end is a it's a fantastic scene oh, i can't take that away from it but that other one you mentioned i remember when i f- watched it i watched blade runner uh, a couple of days before 2049 came out just so i could uh, remember mm. what happened and that scene yeah. stuck out for me more upon re-watching it again yeah, for maybe, sure. Maybe again, I think it's maybe it's because I wasn't I'm not, I wasn't like six when I saw it. I'm now a lot older than that. But there is a slight uncomfortableness watching it because you can say for all the world that it isn't. You know, this scene isn't what you think it is. But you take away the music, and it is. Yeah, and I think you know I don't think that there's anything particularly wrong with having rape scenes. I mean, that's sort of controversial, and I think yeah, that if you, it fit, if it helps the story, fits the story. <laughs> Yeah, Fine, but, I but think that not that, for shock value. Yeah, yeah, and I think that because the, I think the worst part about that was that it wasn't intended to be a rape scene, and that it's intended to be romantic, and that we're supposed to think that Deckard, you know, forcing a woman who's crying to say that she wants him. I mean, it just—I think that that's—it's just—that's just not comfortable for me to watch. I think. No, I think Harrison Ford got seemed to get typecast as that because uh, he did he did something similar in the original Star Wars trilogy as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And you know what? He's a very attractive guy. So you know, I'm sure he's not like that in real life. Can I just quickly put oh, that out there right now? He's a lovely dude, I think, because you always hear good things about him. And um, back when I mean, Twitter feeds were blowing up with the Me Too movement, and you'd hear like, you know, so and so's just um had a lot of women claim blah blah blah, and you think, oh no, I really liked that actor. Why did he have to be such a scumbag? Yes, Kevin and, Spacey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Harrison Ford started um, trending on Twitter, and I thought, no, no, mm. God, please, no, not him. Um, but turns out he just saved someone from a plane crash, and I thought, yes. there you go. What a good guy. <laughs> I remember reading about that. He yeah. obviously got bored of crashing his own planes and decided to watch <laughs> other people. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to have something wrong with him, so if he's got to, you know, be bad at flying, then let the man live, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's yeah. he's done enough, but he seemed to get tired. Yeah, in those roles because obviously it was in the Star Wars trilogy. He did it in Blade Runner, but it was just strange that it was the same actor in sort of two of his most seminal. He's a little bit like roles. that in, um, in Indiana Jones as well, if I remember. Although, yeah, the Indiana Jones films when I rewatch them, I think, oh my god, these are very problematic. I did not realize this is a child, but oh well. It's funny what we miss as a child, isn't it? And it's, it, it, in one way, it almost, almost makes growing up a bit depressing because as a kid, everything just seems so great. Yeah. That's also what I think sometimes about getting a film degree is like, why can't I just enjoy films? Yeah. <laughs> it's 
instead of worrying about representation, but it's my cross to bear. <laughs> it's, um, it's an important issue. You know, I did. I took film studies across many years ago now. What, what is it? What, about 15 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of started me on the journey where I'm watching a film and suddenly I can't just watch it for enjoyment now. Yeah. I have to start picking apart, like, oh, this is a good film, but that scene, actually, the pacing was so off. It, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Or yeah. I end up really de- um, taking it apart in my own head. Whereas, yeah. um, whereas my partner just wants to watch Fifty Shades Freed and enjoy the crap. I'm sitting there <laughs> systematically annihilating it. Yeah. Well, I I have to embarrassingly admit I'd read the first book um, out of spite, if you can believe it. But um, yeah, so I've never even gone near the films because I've, I've I've done my dash with that. Yeah, once once you read the once you get past the horrendous grammar and childish writing, there's no point. The, oh my god! Yeah, the films. <laughs> I still I mentioned it in the last show, and I I still hold dear that in in the three books. If you got rid of all the crap and essentially all of it, there is actually a there's somewhere in there buried is a solid a solid story in there somewhere. If oh, you just right. got somebody else to write it, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, I think the moment for me um, was God, what is it? She says, "I blush the color of the communist manifesto." Who the hell says that? They blew my mind. The main character, she she's. Feeling, you know, um, I guess she's just been flirting with Christian Grey. And there's literally the line, I blushed the colour of the Communist Manifesto. And I thought, that's the least sexy thing I've ever read in my life. Unless you're a communist. I mean, I I don't even think the communists would go for that. I mean... Well, maybe there's one. Maybe there is one co- communist with a uh, with a hard on somewhere out there. But um, yeah. it's, <laughs> it just like so bizarre. much to not liking those films, but in those books, I mean, <clears throat> I've mentioned before in a previous show, the infamous tampon scene. You just think this isn't even sexy. Oh, I haven't seen it. Don't want to see it. Have heard well, it. Well, actually, <laughs> they, did, they didn't put it in a film, but it's, it, <clears throat> sorry, it's detailed in the book, which is just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't watch that. Thank God they pulled that. Oh, I've got no interest in anything to do with that on the screen <laughs> in front of me. If it's... Is that mean it? I, that's that's real life. I don't want to see it in a crap film like Fifty Shades. Yeah, God. if I can be so bold. But um, <laughs> if you if you watch the Fifty Shades movies, they probably would be in your worst movies of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I I would say. I mean, there's a lot of crap books I've read out there, and I'm just really glad <laughs> that I haven't gone so far as to watch the movies that are attached with them. For sure. No, and if you do like the films, and of course. I would never laugh or say you shouldn't watch it. If you do like the films, good on you. Yes. They just work yeah. for me. My sister loves them, so good for her. And, you know, she read the books, she loves them. But, you know, each their own. I mean, I just watch Legally Blonde. I'm not one to talk about, <laughs> you know, what you can and can't watch. <laughs> and you've alienated all of my listeners by saying Blade Runner's crap, so. <laughs> and Space Odyssey too. I will take down all of your And Space Odyssey as well, yeah. Everybody <laughs> listening... Pick it, pick it, Morgan. Now with DVDs of Blade Runner. Honestly, go for it. I'd love it. <laughs> Please don't There's... pick it, anyone with DVDs. Yeah. Well, my favourite films are usually sci-fi, but yeah, those two. Mm. Just not those ones. I was going to ask: Do you have a particular genre that you tend to um, appreciate more, or are you kind of an every person? I I don't really watch a lot of um, action films, mm-hmm. but. 
I I do. I love sci-fi films because I think that they talk a lot about themes that I'm really interested in. So, um, and after doing a whole paper on it, I think I just sort of see it in a whole different light now. And I, I just love sci-fi. I mean, I grew up on Star Wars, so it was inevitable. But um, the heavier science fiction like Gattaca, Snowpiercer, Matrix, Blade Runner, the first Alien film, all those, those are really great films, I think. Yeah. Well, they're they important. Oh, yeah. Well, they were definitely like Annihilation then because that is, I in my review, I put it is, you know, it's it's not unfair to call it an intelligent sci-fi movie, you know. Awesome. It de- it demands that you sit there and watch and engage and get sucked in um, to yeah. it. It's you know this it's more about the story than any thrills. There are a few thrills in there, but it's more about the story and following these um, five women on their journey. That sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds like the kind of film it. that um, would make me wish I was back at uni in my sci-fi class. That happens every now and then. Yeah. Just wish I was back. You know, my lecture to discuss about really, really important films that I've watched recently. Well, then you prob- that it probably would be because there's there's a lot in there, and certain parts of it didn't work for me. Obviously, I won't go into any of it, of course. Mm-hmm. Certain parts, of it, but I always appreciated the message, and I will again once more say it's in the review. People, it's out there. Have a read, so you know I'm. I'll wait until I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just talking verbatim, but there are parts that didn't work for me, but I did appreciate the message which that they were going for it was the message was were good at times the execution just didn't work for me but mm. i may be in the minority because it worked for a lot of other people but i still gave it a very favorable score awesome yeah um, and you foolishly mentioned the star wars films because <laughs> i am a, a steaming british nerd who likes star wars so I'm not going to go on for too long about them because I could it, it, that we would be here until morning my time. But <laughs> there's eight, well, there's nine films out now if you include Rogue One, uh, ten with Solo. If you're going to quickly pick your favourite Star Wars film, what is it? Um, Return of the Jedi. I'm just I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for Return of the Jedi. Although actually, I have to say I really, really enjoyed Rogue One. I know a lot of people didn't, but um, I bloody love Rogue some- One. Yeah, outside of the the usual Star Wars films, I really liked that. Yeah, but yeah, Return of the Jedi, um, fantastic. Yeah, good shout. I think for the most part, you probably could have list- named pretty much any of the films, and it would have been oh, a good the- answer. My favorite Star Wars is the Holiday movie. Then, yeah, for Not sure. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> or Caravan of Courage by the Ewoks. <laughs> hey, you said I could have picked any. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. But I, I did, I did uh, mention only nine of them, and I'd probably class mm-hmm. that as a tenth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't really talk about that one. <laughs> no, I almost gouged my eyes out with the holiday special. I almost died watching it. So yeah, it's not, it's not great for sure. <laughs> it's horrendous. But no, I, I too had really liked Rogue One. I thought it was a bit bolder. I thought it was, um, I thought it really put the well, the war in Star Wars and. Yeah, I like Felicity yeah. Jones as an actress. I think she's great in anything I've I've seen her yeah. in. Even if I don't like the film, I like what she does. And that yeah. final scene, spoiler, where Darth Vader just brute, mutilates everybody is one of my yeah, favourite moments in my life. Yeah. Oh, he's a great villain. He's fantastic. Yeah, I just really liked that film. I think it, it definitely brought the more political aspects of the war to it as well. Because I think that that's something that's missed in the other ones. I mean, it is the Star Wars, so it's yep. inherently about politics, but it doesn't really go into it. But that one, 
yeah, it sort of puts it in perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I would be remiss to mention the not to mention the last Jedi. Just quickly, what did you think about it for the guys and girls out there? Because there'll be half of the people like it and half didn't. What did the uh, manic pixie film girl think? Um, I think I sit somewhere in the middle. I appreciated it for what it is, but I thought it didn't have enough happening in it for it to be the longest Star Wars film so far. I think that it, yeah, it just, everything was all a little bit all over the place. And it was essentially a film all about a ship running out of gas. So I don't know why it was the longest, but Laura Dern was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher, she's, I just, you know, can't fault her ever. And I never will again, I guess. But um, yeah, just a fantastic film. And I think probably the other one is that there wasn't enough Poe Dameron in it. But that's just me. <laughs> and can you just elaborate a bit further on that point? Well, Poe Dameron's just—I <laughs> mean, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. I mean, I'm only female. Like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dreamy Oscar. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's great to see him in something that's not Ex Machina, which is probably the best sci-fi film I've ever seen. But he's terrifying and. It's great to see him as Poe Dameron instead, yeah. Having a bit of fun instead, yeah. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he he was in it. He was in this film more, but I suppose for for raging uh, Oscarites who wanted a bit more, then there's always more room yeah. for a bit more Isaac. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, him and BB-8, I think. Yeah. Well, Adam Driver had plenty of scenes in it, and even had his top off and was toxic <laughs> at some point. So, uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's great. I love that. Not a Kylo Ren fan, but um, he's great. Yeah, I think he's a brilliant... I really like him as an actor. And everything I've seen him in, he's been so good in. I haven't actually seen him in anything else. That's the... If that's I the could sad. give <laughs> one recommendation would be watch him in Patterson. Okay, yeah. It's It sounds like the most boring concept of a film, but yeah. it's basically... it. Follow, it, it Patterson is... Well, Adam Driver's called Patterson. He's a bus driver in a town which is also called Patterson and it just basically follows him on his his daily basically his daily routine over a week and it's just you're not selling it i have to say that but i will try it <laughs> there's nothing that thing there's no way to make it sound fun <laughs> but it is i remember watching it adam driver drew me to it because i thought well i like him as an actor and i want to see what he can do in something different but it's it's uh it's such a heartwarming it's a funny film it's um oh. it's an endearing film his his on screen wife, um, Gold Shifter Farrah Hartley, she's fantastic in it. Um, you'll you'll end up loving the bulldog. <laughs> I love any bulldog. Well, this one actually won an award for his acting. So oh uh, wow! Sorry guys, bring the bring the show down. The bulldog filmed Patterson and then unfortunately passed away, but he oh, did yeah. win a posthumous award from the Cannes Film Festival. Well, he's he's more accomplished than me, so. Yeah, he's actually won more than I've ever won, and he's a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I can give you one with Patterson, it is better than the synopsis will ever sound. Um, okay, I believe you. It's uh, the, the only the, the best thing I can say is it's such a wonder. It's just a wonderful movie. Great. Well, I will give it a go. I will, despite yeah, it do. sounding kind of bland. <laughs> yeah, it sounds utter tosh, but um, check it out, <laughs> and I'll be interested to hear what you think. And hopefully, I haven't oversold the underselling film, but um, <laughs> it is a good movie. Yeah, awesome. So, 
if every movie in the world, including Blade Runner, was deleted, <laughs> burnt, thrown away, but you were told you could have one movie to keep for the rest of time, what are you picking and why? God, it's so much pressure because <laughs> am I choosing the film for my own enjoyment or am I choosing it because I think it's important for the rest of the world to see? Like, is this an library of alexandria burning down situation or is this like my own personal it's it's entirely up to you how you want to approach it (laughs) oh no um okay well i would say if it was my own personal collection it would have to be um just bring it on because again favorite film good time everyone needs some comedy in their life but if it was for everyone i'm gonna be difficult and say that I wish, and this sounds really basic, I wish it was Fight Club, but I wish it would only exist if everyone interprets interprets it properly. So as opposed to them thinking that, you know, Fight Club is cool and men should just go fight and women suck, they should interpret it as hyper-masculinity is bad and it's the root cause of capitalism. And that, I would say that, if only people interpreted it correctly. <laughs> but we have broken but, the first rule of Fight Club, which is we never talk about Fight Club. <laughs> Sorry, Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic answer. I'm, I'm not, I've got nothing to argue against that. It's a, both of them. Um, I like the fact that you've obviously gone for the film which you, which is your favourite, which would bring it on. Whatever anybody else thinks about it, that's your favourite. And um, right. <laughs> exactly, yes, and I take it. And and Fight Club is also a fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's it says a lot, but it, it just get it's like um, V for Vendetta. It just gets interpreted a little bit skewed. So I think if we all just sat down and had an honest conversation about it, got on the same page, great film, and just incredible acting, well shot, great um, dialogue. Yeah, just fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, David Fincher directed it, and he's a. Uh... He's a fantastic director, and I really, I, I like pretty much most of his films, apart from Alien Three. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, f- there we go, guys. Bring it on and Fight Club, two wildly different films, but um, <laughs> you know, there is there is something to be taken from but from them. Uh, and now go away and see if you can actually find the messages in them, because like <laughs> like um, Morgan says, there is more to it than meets the eye, especially Fight Club, of course. Yeah, for sure. I like asking this question because it gets some fun answers. Um, <laughs> if they were going to make Morgan McGregor versus the world, a new film from Hollywood or a new a New Zealand special, who's playing you in that film? This is so difficult. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I uh, if I had someone who I wanted to play me, who I don't think is very much like me at all, but who I wanted to play me, it would be Carrie Fisher for sure. I think that she would bring a little bit of. Um, I guess feistiness to my character that mm-hmm. maybe it might need should be there to fight anyone that maybe I should fight myself but I'll get her to do it so <laughs> yeah she's got a great sense of humour um, she's not afraid of swearing so I think yeah it would have to be Carrie Fisher love her and there'd be a middle finger for everybody yes absolutely rest in peace <laughs> Carrie you are missed yeah for sure um a great answer. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that off off the air you have that kind of feisty <laughs> backbone. 
Yeah, uh, I'm very much holding back the um, language at the moment. Excellent. <laughs> just... <laughs> that means I haven't got to put the parental advisory, but I will do anyway. <laughs> Thanks. That's all right. Um, I guess well, it's not really off topic. It's about films. Do you follow or particularly enjoy any New Zealand films or New Zealand produced films? Yeah, I mean, everyone sort of knows Taika Waititi now. He's sort mm-hmm. of just been um, sort of sprung into uh, Hollywood's eye. But um, his two films, What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People, fantastic movies. Yeah. Those are truly amazing movies. Very, very different. Um, both comedies because New Zealand doesn't really produce anything except comedies. We just we can't really take ourselves seriously. So even when we do horror films or anything like that, it's still predominantly comedy um so what we do in the shadows is um a group of vampires live in wellington new zealand and they just sort of go clubbing and (laughs) try not to eat people in the streets basically um it's all just a bit of a piss take and then hunt for the wilder people is about a kid and um sam neill who was in jurassic park but he's a kiwi um and the little kid's parents die his mum dies so he has to go um stay with sam neil basically and they really don't like each other <laughs> and it's and they just head off into the wild and it's it's a bit of a uh, action movie comedy but they just have great chemistry and it's really heartwarming and it's a very very kiwi film i think but, Hunt for the wood of people is a magnificent film yeah yeah i love it and yeah, I think the young guy, I've forgotten his name at the moment, but he's just great. We love him in New Zealand. I think we're very, very protective of our talent here, um, particularly our young talent, but he's he's a standout for sure, yeah. He was, I can't, I can't think of his name, his name eludes me, but he was he was fantastic. He he matched Sam Neill you know, yes. in that film. He was very much yeah. his equal, which is not a slight on Sam Neill whatsoever. No, no, no. It just means that, yeah, they've, they're they very, very well matched. And Taika Waititi makes a fantastic film. So, I mean, in truth, our film industry in New Zealand is not great. Um, it should be better because we've got Weta Studios and we've got all this fantastic landscape. Um, and lots of films come here to be filmed from Hollywood and the UK yeah. and everything. But um, our government doesn't really put the money into our own films. They're more putting money into getting international films being filmed here, which is a bit disappointing. Um, We've got a long way to go, but Taika Waititi and Peter Jackson have sort of put it on our radar for sure. Yeah. Do you have, um, I think, I think you do, because I think I've seen it online. Do you have any film festivals over there? Yeah, we do. We have our major one is the New Zealand Film Festival, which Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in the name. Um, We have things like the 48 hour film. Um, Is it festival? 48 hour film? competition basically you get 48 hours to make a film with your team and they all get judged together and you can win prizes and stuff like that which is really fun um a lot of crap gets (laughs) because you get given like your basic um topic and everything as well so um you know you aren't just free to plan it for the year and then spend 48 hours making it or anything um yeah and then the new zealand film festival where um kiwi films but also international films we just sort of celebrate them basically get to watch them in the movie theaters and yeah it's a good time i'm sure yeah. we have others but those are the two major ones um one of my one of the guests i spoke to before she always was a kiwi but she's living in germany now she mentioned a film called once mm-hmm. were warriors um, oh gosh yeah that's a very sort of heavy new zealand movie 
that is probably the most serious we've ever been. That's it's oh, I've only watched that once. I can't watch it again. It's just depressing. It's it's heavily about rape and domestic abuse, which are themes that I'm concerned with, but I really don't enjoy watching. Um, and yeah, it's heavy. I would say it's probably one of our only very, very serious films for sure. At least major ones, yeah. You know, I can't think of any other ones of a similar sort of um, yeah, mm. weight as that one. I mean, I can think, I can only think of like the silly films like Bad Taste or something like that yeah. from from way back when. But there's another one which I've I mentioned quite a few times because uh, the remake, anyway, I thought was a lot of fun. Was uh, the the New Zealand staple of uh, pork pie? Yeah, the I new one. Be, I have to be a bad Kiwi. I have never seen the old or the new one. I I have no idea why. It just has slipped off my radar and I haven't seen either. So You've been out kiwi by a, Pommet, a British guy. Yeah. I have. The first one is very much of its time. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a very masculine movie. Let's <laughs> just put it like that. <laughs> Whereas the new one, uh, which is just called Pork Pie rather than Goodbye Pork Pie, that sort mm. of that strips back and it takes away any of the sort of misogynism or anything like that. And it just plays mm. more for fun. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It's, I found it to be a lot of fun. Uh, Dino Gorman's great in it. James Rolleston, Ashley Cummins, yeah. who I really like as an actress. Yeah. I, it's, it's on my list. Trust me. <laughs> it just keeps slipping off my radar somehow. Check it out. <laughs> I'll get more people to watch it because the, again, I keep repeating. I mean, the old, the old one I think is more of a, you know that's sort of a New Ze- That is more of a New Zealand staple, as far as I'm aware. It's held up in high mm. regard. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. the new, but the new one from 2017, I found it an awful lot of fun. Good. Well, yeah. Well, I'll watch them both together and I'll see what I think. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I'd imagine you may enjoy the new one more. <laughs> from what you've said, perhaps yes. Yes, but uh, but it, I could be I could be completely wrong. You never know. Might surprise myself and you. Uh, possibly. I still don't hold out any hope, but I might possibly. <laughs> so, for anybody out there listening who likes films and kind of also wants to maybe write about films or uh, or blog about films or the issues surrounding films, what you know? Could you give any words of advice to them or any tips to kind of nudge them in the right direction? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it but I would say pick something about films that you like so don't just make it about films in general because you're going to start too broad and it's going to be difficult so for instance I picked feminism even though I don't only write about feminism it's a good sort of springboard especially if you watch a film that you felt either which way about you can say okay well how does it fit into my perspective on this issue or does it have, you know, am I concerned with mise-en-scene or camera work or other things? And then at least it gives you a springboard and to talk about the film and it doesn't, it's not too overwhelming. Cause I think that's, that's something that I struggle with is I go, oh, I really like that film, but other than I really like the film, what do I have to say about it? Yeah. So pick, pick what you like about films and stick to it guys. It's uh, yeah, it makes sense because you can, I suppose, find yourself trying to fit too much in and kind of becoming a you know jack of all trades without really without really sort of pulling in that one crowd which you're after yeah yeah for sure just yeah, and, pick and you'll, yeah and you'll find that on morgan's site that there is it isn't just about 
it, there isn't just articles about feminism or or issues of such. There are other issues being tapped up, and of course, there's reviews and editorials in there. So, yeah, I, I I like that way of thinking. Pick something you're comfortable with and kind of blend it in with you know the rest of the stuff you do. Yeah, yeah, that would be my advice. Take it on board, guys. Well, um, that is that for this episode of the I Watch Tonight show. Thank you so much for coming on today, Morgan. That's okay. Awesome. Where can the world find you in the cyberspace? ManicPixieFilmGirl.com. That's where I am. Otherwise, um, just Morgan Louise McGregor on Instagram. That's the other place that I'm most frequently on. But if you're looking for films, definitely ManicPixieFilmGirl.com. That's where I talk about it. Yeah. Well, set your sat, sat navs to the world of the Manic Pixie <laughs> Film Girl. Uh, and check out Morgan's social as well to check out and support the fun and awesome work that she puts out because um, <laughs> she is in the future. Don't forget, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what it's like in the future. Thank you. So, uh, well, uh, Morgan's about to have her breakfast probably and I'm about to go to bed. So it sounds Thanks. trivial, but to me it's, it still bends my head somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so once again, thank you, Morgan, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. You can catch the episodes on our website, which is whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes by searching the What I Watch Tonight show. Uh, leave a comment, rate it if you like it. If you don't, don't bother. Um, if you like what you hear, share it with everybody you know, and by all means, do tell your grandmothers. But until next time, everybody, see ya. <laughs> Okay.